Hey guys, welcome to uh, Ruin Hammer, episode 22. Uh, welcome to my co-host Rob, how are you mate? Hey buddy, yeah, going good, yeah. Ankle's still giving me a little bit of grief unfortunately, but Is like it? AFB, I'm, I'm on the mend and hopefully back ripping, ready to rip in tonight, so... So how are you going, mate? Anyway, you good? Yeah, good, mate. It was um, a weird weekend, wasn't it? No, no Warriors footy. Um, it was weird. Yeah, it's like something missing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, you know, there was four games on. We'll get into them a bit later. Um, yep. I, I went. I went to the Tigers game, which was uh, yeah, pretty entertaining. Um, yeah. Like at Oval on a on a Friday night. Uh, awesome place to be. But mate, we've got a, a special guest tonight. We might bring him in. Um, we will. Yeah, we'll bring him in right yeah. now. Yeah, um, so yeah, thanks everyone for joining us. Tonight we are joined by a man who played 94 games over seven seasons in the NRL, which included 43 for our wonderful Warriors during 2007-2008. We're pleased to be joined by Warrior number 134, Michael Witt. Hey Michael, how you going, bro? Gentlemen, thanks for having me. You're sideways, you need to turn your phone. Perfect. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Michael, thanks heaps for joining us tonight. Um, we might we might take you back to the start of your, your rugby league journey. Can you tell us a bit about where you grew up and uh, who you played your junior footy for? Yeah, I grew up in uh, a small town called Toowoomba in Queensland. Um, played all my junior footy for the Newtown Lions. Um, come from a, a family of uh, football. My dad played. Uh, my older brother played at the time and... Um, yeah, we were always a football family, and mum was involved. My younger brother was involved, so footy was uh, footy was life for us. Uh, Whip boys, you're you're a pretty talented junior too, coming through the ranks up there in Queensland. You represented Queensland under 15s and under 16s in 1999 and 2000. Um, that must have been a huge honour. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, well, I guess um, it was something that every kid who grows up in Queensland they always want to wear a maroon jersey. Um, I was lucky enough. I think 13. Um, 13 through to about 16. So, yeah, I, I played in the Queensland teams uh, before I moved uh, moved to Sydney and, and off to Parramatta. Yeah, so, so as you said, you, you moved to Sydney. So that was about 1999 and you were offered a scholarship with Parramatta um, and to, to join your brother Steve, who was also at the Eels. So that must have been an exciting time yeah. for you. Yeah, it was. It was, um, you know, looking back on it now, I think it's, it sounds pretty crazy that I moved to, from a little town to Woomera, I moved to the big smoke of Sydney at the age of 16. Um, I've got kids now. There's no way I'd let them move away at 16. But um, at the time, it was just, you know, we wanted to play in the NRL and um, that's what you had to do. We obviously had no uh, local NRL team in Toowoomba. So, um, yeah, got down to Sydney. And obviously, as you just said, my, my older brother was already down there. So that made the transition a little bit easier. And, and Parramatta was a fantastic club. They they set us up with a host family. So I lived with uh, three or four other players um, where they cooked and uh, cleaned for us. So it was, um, yeah, made the transition a bit easier. Yeah, Wood is a 16-year-old. You um, you spent the 2000, from 2000, 2002 playing in Parramatta's lower grades, which included yep. the um, the 2002 SG Ball Grand Final, where your Eels were beaten by the Western Suburbs Magpies, 18-16. How yes. do you remember your time in the lower grades? Um, because that Parramatta side that you came through had some some pretty outstanding players. I think it was about nine of you that all went on to play first grade. Yeah, I was. Um, I still look at it. On, I feel very privileged to have come through the junior system at Parramatta. Uh, it was a fantastic uh, program. 
um, headed by Brian Smith, who sort of was the head coach there at the time. But we had a really successful period. We always won the club championship. Um, and they were really, really good coaching-wise, some fantastic coaches through the grades. Um, and they put a lot of detail into our training. And I feel like that um, progressing through my career um, held me in good stead in terms of skill factor. Yeah, it was a career. It was a career-ending injury to Paul Green, unfortunately, that saw you made your first-grade debut in round yeah. uh, eight of two thousand and two um, against the yep. Sydney Roosters. Um, you lose that game forty-four to twelve. But what are your personal memories of that? Uh, obviously, that exciting milestone game for yourself. Yeah, well, the the, the Roosters had just won the grand final, so um, they yeah. were. And if you can remember that Roosters team. Uh, early 2000s, they were just beasts. They, they sort of really based their game around defence and they flew in and really, really physical team. Uh, so that was quite daunting. I still remember Nathan Kalis telling me that, um, you know, he was excited for me to play and he was my captain at the time and he felt that my game was was good for the Roosters because they race up quick and I had a good show and go. I don't know whether he believed it because I certainly didn't, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he's going, no, you'll be good. You'll be good through the middle. You'll, you'll scare them. And they certainly weren't scared of me. But um, uh, I, I do remember marking up against Brad Fittler and him trying to run players at me. Um, yeah, <laughs> I remember him calling run at wit and I didn't care who was sending at me. The fact that Brad Fittler knew my name, I was pretty, pretty <laughs> stoked with that. So, um, yeah, it was just a whirlwind, I guess. We, um, you don't have to remind us about the Roosters teams of the 2000s, mate. As Warriors well, exactly. Supported. Yeah, we're exactly. very aware of how good the Roosters teams Especially were. 2002, yeah. 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 Um, we're always of the opinion that, that players always remember their first NRL try. However, we've been proven wrong a few times because most yeah. of our recent guests, when we ask them, they have no idea who they scored their first try against. Do you <laughs> remember when you scored your first NRL try and who it was against? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it was my third game. Uh, we played Manly at Brookvale, yep. and I, I stepped past my good mate Beaver Menzies to score a try. So uh, a few few years later, he was my, my teammate there. So I uh, yeah definitely got that one in quick that uh, he helped me yeah. in for my first try. Yeah, yeah. You lost your first four games as a first grader though. Um, yep. Do you do you remember your first NRL victory? It was round twelve against South and. Uh, Versus, uh, twenty-eight to four win at the footy stadium, was it? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that was our first first win, but <laughs> that uh, was your first win. Your first win. My, <laughs> my first win. Sorry. Your yeah, first, my first win. win. Yeah. 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 Well, as I say, we played the Roosters in my first game. They won the grand final. We played the Warriors my second game, and they got beaten in the grand final. Yeah. I, by the way, missed two goals that game. We should have won that. We lost by two. So I remember that. Uh, vividly that it was basically my fault that we lost. Um, so, yeah, let's let's just talk about when we got the first win. I was going to say, you can't blame yourself, mate. They could score closer to the post, couldn't they? To make it easy for you. That no, it was a problem. They weren't too far, far from the post. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, <laughs> mate, you played, you played 17 games in first grade um, that, that first season and you became a real integral yeah. part of that Parramatta's push for an unlikely finals berth, which yep. ultimately falls just short. Um, at the time, being at Parramatta, there was, there's always a lot of hype about um, guys coming in wearing the number seven and and being yep. the, the club's answer to the next Peter Sterling. Um, yep. Did you feel a lot of pressure at that time? Because uh, I know it's affected other sevens that have come through that club. 
Yeah, certainly a big thing. And, and you're right, as soon as you have a couple of good games in the lower grades, you're the saviour uh, and, the, and the next best halfback since since Sterlow. So, um, yeah, that was definitely thrown at me. I, you know, looking back, I think, yeah, it probably was dawning at the time. I sort of didn't draw too much attention to it. Um, I was just stoked to be playing there. Um, I felt like I was going okay. Um, the team sort of turned around and we did go close to making the semis. Um, so it was okay. Um, I just feel like, yeah, towards the back end, you know, really would have capped it off. We could have won our last game and made the semis, but, um, you know, it wasn't a beat. It came down to a shootout with, with uh, Penrith in the last round, didn't it? And you guys yeah, had to, did. you got out to a 10 nil lead or something and it looked like a miracle yeah. was going to happen. I remember that well. Yeah. yeah. Rob's, yeah, got we did. Rob's got a photographic memory. He remembers every game that every team plays, every score, every try is just, is just weird. Is like that right? <laughs> did, you, did you kick a field goal or something against Brisbane maybe a week or two earlier? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. 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 No, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was um, my first game at the, at the new Suncorp at the time. Yeah, I remember and, it was uh, just new that year, yeah. Yeah, I can remember because the, the grass, they were always blow-ups about the grass because it wasn't growing properly. It was all sandy and yeah, yuck. But, right. um, yeah. yeah, we ended up winning by a couple of points that day. And I remember that specific game where Gordy was ripping into me and saying, where yeah. are you going for Mad Monday? Um, <laughs> oh, so we're not going for Mad Monday because pretty much between us and them, we was both right on the verge of making the semis. And, um, yeah, I was giving him a bit of lip, but I'm thinking, geez, I hope this doesn't escalate because I'll run. I'll be the first one up there, grandstand. Um, you got the last laugh anyway. <laughs> well, to, well, on to 2004. It's a bit of a disappointing season for the Eels, and you end up signing with Manly for 2005. So uh, what was the reason for your move to, uh, over to the Northern Beaches? Yeah, it was really random. As you say, I sort of finished 2003 um, not too bad. Um, Brian Smith had a change of mind in the in the off season. He wanted to change the way that we played as a team, um, and wanted to just have one half. Um, pardon me. Um, so that sort of changed. Adam Dykes was the number one half, and um, then we played with two locks, which was a bit of a strange setup. Uh, as you say, I sort of come back in towards the end of the year, and we went back to the um, normal footy. But um, yeah, basically just got a phone call one day, driving my car from Crusher Cleal who was the guy who signed me at Parramatta and he was now at Manly. Um, and he, he effectively just said, you know why I'm calling? And I said, well, uh, no, I don't. What's, what's doing? And he's like, well, we've just lost Andrew Walker. Um, so we need a 5'8 and we want you to come over. So pretty much from that phone call, I think within the next uh, two or three days, I'd, I'd signed and was, was off to Manly. 2005 was a successful season for Manly too. Um, saw the club return to the yeah. finals footy for the first time since... I think 98. Um, yep. You enjoyed a successful story, a season scoring 140 points. How do you, how do you remember your time at Manly or that season at Manly? Yeah, you're right. It was, it was a pretty successful season. We started really well. Um, I don't think that had too much to do with, with me going there. We were pretty privileged uh, that I went over the time we start, uh, signed myself, uh, Brent Kite and um, Ben Kennedy. Ben Kennedy, ben Kennedy come right, from yeah. Newcastle. And, and BK was, um, you know, Everyone knows the sort of player that he was, but he certainly come to Manly with that winning attitude. And, and we really uh, run off the back of him. And he was playing fantastic footy, playing for Australia. And so was Brent Kite at the time. So they added heaps to the club. Um, guys like Anthony Watmo started to run off the back of what BK was doing. And yeah, as you say, we, we got back to the finals. Um, I had to be beat by Parramatta. Yeah. <laughs> well, as you said, funny you say that, rugby league has plenty of sliding doors moments. 
and yes. you're suspended and you're ineligible to play the first two trials in 2006. And a young mm-hmm. bloke by the name of Travis Burns uh, comes in and grabs his opportunity and Desi decides exactly. to go with him uh, for the yep. start of the season. So that must yep. have been a bit of a bitter pill to swallow for you after having such a good 2005 with Manly. Yeah, it was. You know, I, I trained all the preseason at five eight, and the last uh, last couple of weeks before the sem- uh, excuse me the the trials, he put Trav in there because I was, as you say, I was suspended for the first two weeks, um, so ineligible to play. And Trav come in there, and you know, it's as as it is, it's hard to change a winning team. And Travis come in and and was just solid, uh, very very strong defensive player, and he just tied up one edge, um, and the boys were winning, so it was hard to change that team and. Every week, I think Des would tell me, no, no, you'll play next week, you'll play next week. But the boys were pretty successful that year. And, um, yeah, I didn't get much of a look in. You um, you find yourself on the move at the end of that season um, and you end up at our wonderful Warriors. How did that yeah. move come about? Yeah, I just uh, my manager just basically let me know that um, the Warriors were watching me. Um, I remember uh, John Hart um, come over to watch me play reserve grade game. Um Manly, I think we were at Henson Park, and I'd had a lot of needles to play that game. I was a bit worried, and the needles didn't work. And I thought, oh no, it's not uh, not going to go well for me here. And the Warriors might want me, but um, lucky enough, yeah, they still uh, wanted me to come over. So um, we signed for one year, and we decided myself and my my wife that uh, we're going to take the plunge. And um, I was a little bit worried and hesitant to start with, as to go to to Auckland. All I knew about Auckland was flying to the hotel driving to Mount Smart and straight back to the hotel. Yep. Uh, so it was pretty daunting. Uh, but I spoke to my old mate, and uh, Steve Price, uh, and Pricey told me that uh, it was a fantastic club, a fantastic place. Um, if I was playing good enough footy, I'd, I'd be in first grade. So um, that's all I needed to hear from him. And um, I certainly trusted and respected him. Uh, once he said that, we uh, we signed straight away and we're ready to roll. The weather must have been a, a big difference where you're going from the beautiful sun, sun and <laughs> surf of the northern beaches to the uh, cold yeah. uh, environment of Auckland. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. It was uh, certainly a change of uh, change of environment. But um, yeah, as I say, once once we got to uh, Auckland, we loved it, myself and my wife. And um, yeah, we never wanted to leave, to be fair. We had a great time there. Yeah. yeah, you said you mentioned Steve Price. I always thought he should have been a recruitment manager for us. Yeah, <laughs> he, he should have. Yeah, mate, he um, was. Uh, when, when when I first went there, he was just under the prime minister, Pricey. He was, yeah. uh, yep. you know, the most loved Australian New Zealand's ever seen. So yep. um, he was uh, basically running the show. That's for sure. Yeah, he was. <laughs> when you get when you get there in two thousand seven, we have a pretty good start to that year. So we have two strong yep. wins against Parramatta and Brisbane. And then we have a bit of a mid-season slump, which becomes has become a bit of a theme of, of that sort of period yep. for the Warriors. Um, but yep. a wet and windy night at Shark Park is a turning point in our season. And in yeah. this match, you kick one of the greatest conversions in rugby league history <laughs> into yeah. the teeth and the rain and the howling winds. Uh, what do you remember about that kick? Um, I, I remember it being an important kick when I was lining it up. But uh, obviously just... The wind was pretty crazy, so I thought I've just got to pick a spot and kick it straight at that spot. Um, and was lucky enough that it went over. But uh, I think that the 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 commentator I've watched it since, and he's he's basically made it sound better than it was. He said he's unkickable; he can't kick it; it's impossible. So that sort of adds to the adds to the uh, the folklore of it all. But um, yeah, it was uh, one of those ones you hit, close your eyes, and hopefully it goes through. And lucky enough, it did. 
you actually you actually went on a pretty long goal kicking streak after taking over from Tony Martin that season. I yep. think you kicked you kicked twenty three from twenty three over the next five games, and you end up kicking an incredible sixty two from sixty seven that season. Had you always been a kicker growing up? Yeah, always a goal kicker. Uh, yep. Always a goal kicker as a kid. Uh, kicker coming through the grades and and kicked all my time at Parramatta at Manly. Um, it was something that I, I really enjoyed. And it's, it's I guess, goal kicking. Um, if it comes natural to you, then that's great. But you've certainly got to put a lot of effort into it. And it's something that I always spent time on. Um, yep. I changed probably my practice routine a little bit once I come to New Zealand. Um, and that really started to work for me. So, um, yeah, I was managing to to hit them quite nicely. And um, it's just one of those things, I guess, like a golf swing. It's it's all about confidence. And every time you put the ball down, you just feel like it's going over. Um, it's a nice, nice place to be. We won plenty of games off the back of your trusty goal kicking. And speaking yeah. of kicking, I'm going to bring up something that's not a not a kick at goal. But one of the greatest, <laughs> one of the most memorable games of the modern era is a 31-all draw against the Roosters at the SFS. Uh, this yep. is a game I was lucky enough to go with with my cousin, who's a mad um, Roosters fan. It was a yep. real seesawing game. It just were, it uh, they got out to a 16 0 lead. We got back to 18 16. It just kept going back and forward. And it got yep. to a 30 all after uh, Simon Mannering was Simbin. And then Braith and Asta kicks a, a mammoth field goal to put, put them up 31 yep. 30. And then you, you step up to the plate with less than a minute left on the clock, the Iceman, and, and slot over. <laughs> a uh, match leveling field goal. What do you remember about that game? Yeah. Seesawing affair, as you said, I, um, I remember Hamilawaki that game yeah. just, just killed him. He was, he just had a sort of 15 minute period where he was unstoppable and he brought us right back into the game. Yeah, he, uh, he was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, also, I remember a couple of, I had a kick right from the sideline there. I remember the Roosters fan just giving me an absolute hiding. Uh, as you can imagine, with the last name of Wit, there's plenty of things to go in front of Wit. But uh, yep. I've heard them all. I've heard them all, but I was coughing plenty that day. But lucky enough that we got it through. And um, yeah, just come down to that that last that last um, minute there. We, we'd always practice. We always had a set to practice for our field goals. So um, we just sort of fell into routine and what we knew we needed to do. And again, lucky enough that it went through. Mm. We, um, the club going to go on a bit of a run at the back end of that 07 season. We finished fourth and, yep. and a home final against the Eels. Yeah. Um, despite losing that game, having a home semi-final at Mount Smart Stadium must have been a huge uh, thing for the club at that time. Yeah, it was. It was huge. And uh, I think that was a, a night they did the blackout. Um, so all the crowd was wearing black. Mm. Um, pretty daunting uh, and amazing to run out through the tunnel um, and see that. And I think um, whilst, as you say, we lost that game, that held us in good stead for the final series the next year after. And um, I guess coming home to another big game at home, um, that I think that helped us there. But really close game that day against Parramatta. And we just, um, a couple of little things didn't go our way and we, we just missed out. But uh, yeah, to go from there and then lose the next week as well and go out in straight sets after uh, finishing the top four was, yeah, tough. Yeah, I was yeah. just, just going to say, the next week we famously went up to Townsville to play the Cowboys yep. in, in the afternoon heat for some reason up there. Yeah. And they, and they forced us to wear our black jerseys because they decided they to do the old switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we remember that. <laughs> we, uh, we all yeah. remember that. Don't worry. <laughs> I've still got a bit of a chip on my shoulder with the Cowboys for that, Toddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so obviously a very disappointing end to what was otherwise a really good season for the club. Is that is that yep. how you look back on the 2007 season? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's um, 
you know, it's always every year you look you look to win the grand final, but you know, there's only ever one team that can do that. So, um, on a whole, I think yeah, you'd say it was a, a pretty successful year, making uh, or finishing in the top four. Um, obviously, a frustrating finish with the two losses, but um, yeah, I think if you look back on a whole, it was a pretty successful year, and um, yeah, it's it's fond memories of that year, that's for sure. Yeah, the um the two two thousand eight season we started off again pretty slowly. You picked up a hip flexor injury and you ruled out for the mid portion of the season. Yep. Um, but your return to first grade coincided with another of our famous runs towards the finals. Uh, you know, there's a story there about the club wanting to get rid of Reuben Wickey and and the yep. boys all uh, having Reuben's back. And you all grow beards for the occasion, uh, yep. inspired by Reuben's impending retirement. I have to ask. What was happening with your facial hair, bro? Like, you, you had, I, I, I can comment because I can grow a nice full beard. You, bro, you had, like, I can't. You had the no, dirty scratch happening and a little go. What, yep. what was the go with that? Just, it had to be some sort of facial hair. Um, yep. And funny you say that it was it was to do with Ruben. It actually had nothing to do with Rubes, uh, but what that was that? the common, uh, no, no, that was the common uh, consensus in because That's we did make a pact. We, we did make yeah. a pact as a team that no one was going to talk about it. We refused to talk about it. Um, and if anyone mentioned it, we just sort of brushed it off. So the actual real story was I was sitting beside um, Craig Walker, who was our trainer at the time. Yep. We were flying over to play. Uh, it was Ruben's big game, 300th game mm. against Tigers. the Tigers. Leichardt. So yeah, Tigers. out at Leichardt. So we were sitting in there and, and um, Craig Walker beside me on the plane He's reading Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. He's reading about uh, the ice hockey uh, in the Stanley Cup. They always grow beards during the final series. Um, you know, they've always done it. And he's like, oh, that'd be cool. I said, we'll, we'll do it. We should do it. He goes, do you think the boys will buy in? I said, 100%. That the boys will buy in and say, you know, we're all buying in. You've got to have some sort of facial hair. Let's do it. So that day, uh, once we got to the hotel, he called a meeting in, in um, it was in Ruben's bedroom, actually. And uh, yeah. so we all went in there and we decided we all bought in. Everybody needed to have some sort of facial hair. Even if it was a bit of fluff on your top lip that could blow off in the wind, <laughs> it needed to be some sort of facial hair. And um, and also at the same, same meeting, we said, we're not going to mention it. Um, so no one spoke about it. But uh, as you say, it gathered momentum and, and you know, yeah. the crowd was turning up with beards on. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was very yeah, yeah yeah no that was it was it was a great spectacle <laughs> yeah <laughs> but from beards back to your goal kicking uh, again you kick you're kicking it at a mate you kicked it at amazing eighty three point one percent in two thousand and eight to follow the previous season of ninety two point five percent so at that time yeah. did you did you put any extra kicking uh, extra practice into your kicking or was it you just hitting them really sweet at that time uh, it, it wasn't. Um extra practice it was just a different practice uh as i sort of said earlier i always used to practice a hell of a lot with my goal kicking i'd always go on my day off everybody would have usually in the nrl program you get a day off during the week uh all the boys would have a day off and i'd go and kick on my own mm. and so i'd have to go through the warm-up and do all that sort of stuff and you could never really hit them as good um when you weren't warm and fully into training so i'd change that um I used to go do the session and then go and kick on my own after the session whilst I was already warm and flexy and um, ready to go. Um, even if it was a tough fitness session, I'd, I'd try and do that mental side of it and go and kick after the session. Um, so I always did that in Auckland and I've never done that before. So that was probably a little change to my uh, practice routine. 
uh, once or twice a week and then I'll have a couple of shots, um, you know, the day before the game. But, um, yeah, it wasn't a hell of a change, but it was it's something that really seemed to work for me. Did you, did you have a goal-kicking coach? Like, you know how a lot of the guys now use some of the ex-players, like Daryl Halligan does a lot of work with yep. different clubs and stuff. Did you have an actual goal-kicking coach yourself? Yeah, I had a few during my time. Um, when I first came through at Parramatta, Jason Taylor was my was my yeah, coach of my team. Um, so he was my goal-kicking coach, and, and he's the one I'd probably give most credit to. He really um, manufactured my style. I was a natural striker of the ball, but he helped me, helped me with my routine, and he helped me with when I missed a kick, I, I knew why I'd missed. Um, yeah. And I think once you've got that in your repertoire, you know why you missed. It's easy to rectify and fix. Um, from there, I went to Graham Arnold, who was a kicking coach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. At, um, and, and a soccer soccer guy, but just a real natural strike of the ball. He put a little change on my style. Um, and then we worked with Daryl Halligan when I was at the Warriors. And he, again, just a really slight little change um, with the way I set the ball up. Um, so try to take a little bit out of all those guys and then put your own little mix on it. But I was certainly privileged and lucky to work with some, some great kickers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now for the game and the moment that all Warriors fans have been asking us about, um, that 2008 final against the Storm uh, down in yep. Melbourne. Now, we'll get to that try in a minute, but yep. um, the game itself, how confident were the boys heading into that game? Because we did have a, a relatively decent record against Melbourne um, yep. around that time period. Yeah, we did. We did. We'd, we'd always done well against them down there and even, you know, and at Mount Smart as well. But we were really confident. Um, we'd, we'd had a number of victories in a row. Um, so I think it was seven or eight straight. So we were confident. We were playing confident footy. Um, nobody, nobody gave us any hope other than the, the 17 guys and the coaching staff. But we were really confident going down there. Uh, I still remember the chat during, in the week that we weren't going to go down there like many teams are and defeated before the game starts. Um, they sort of play a lot of mind games with you. Um, they always let you run out in the field and let you stand there and wait. Uh, just little things like that. And then they play the, sun, the thunderstruck music and they run through the big banner. And We decided that as a team, and Craig Walker was a big a mental, um, big on the mental side of the game, we decided that when we run out, we were going to form like a line right in the middle of halfway and, and basically... Not almost like a hucker, I guess. You, you're standing there waiting to, um, you know, just challenge them and say, we're not coming here to make up the numbers. And uh, we did that. I still remember a couple of the guys running through the banner and as they busted through, uh, looking at us like, shit, you know, what's what's going on here? And <laughs> when you got guys like Ruben Wiki and those guys standing there staring you down, you, you know, okay, we're in, for a, we're in for a real game here today. And, um, yeah, it was a really close game the whole way through. Apparently Ian Henderson had a bit to say at that point as well. <laughs> he did, and Hendo was—he was such a such a tough player, uh, yeah. unforgiving. He he only knew one way. Hendo it was run hard, tackle hard, and and take no prisoners, and that's yeah. the way he played. And he he did stand there. You can you can probably see him. He's yelling at him. He's just ready. And he was he was one of those guys that you think he's one of the littlest dudes in the team, and he's going full tilt, you know. And um, yeah, as I say, he's one of those guys that that led. Uh, didn't say too much. He'd give a few sprays, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> he was a guy that, um, yeah, he, he put his whole heart into it and that sort of rubbed off on the rest of us. He had, he had a little bit of crazy man syndrome about him, didn't he? And 
No? Oh, I wouldn't say it was a little bit. He had a hell of a lot of crazy hands. <laughs> and he had he had one of the best beards. He had the most powerful yeah, he did. beard. Yeah, so he did. He was uh, yeah. Yeah, quite menacing at, at that point in time. And uh, yeah. a lovely guy too. Really softly spoken, gentleman off the off the field, but absolute lunatic on it. <laughs> lunatic on the drink too. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, no, he's, he's always fondly remembered, Hendo. Always fondly yeah. remembered among Warriors faithful. Yeah. Now, yeah. now please... Talk us through that final try. Um, is it true? Is it true that you were just trying to waste time? And also, yeah. what did Feeney say to Cam Smith afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> well, first thing, yeah, I, I did try to uh, waste time. That was my whole idea. Uh, obviously, it doesn't look like, and I've looked back at it since again. It doesn't look nothing like that. But my head, that's one hundred percent what I was doing. I knew Blair was chasing me, um, so I thought if I can just stop in the corner. Larry's going to run through and I can stand here for, you know, maybe 20 seconds. Yep. Um, that happened. Blurry went through, but stupid me. Like, I, I didn't think about Smithy. I didn't even see Smithy. Uh, once I seen him coming, you know, he's the ultimate professional. He's always going to chase, and he yeah. did. But, um, again, it looks a bit worse than it is because as I put the ball down, I went to throw the ball in the air, and that's when Smithy kicked it. Yeah. But uh, on what Feeney said, oh, I don't know, but there was plenty of spit and plenty of... <laughs> pap- <laughs> And plenty of uh, plenty of heckling. It was, uh, yeah. You probably wouldn't want to repeat most of it, but yeah, uh, he no, certainly got into it. Didn't miss him. <laughs> that, but that was one of the great team tries. I, I mean, I know it was it was a, a match winning try, but it was actually a yep. really awesome team try. The way that uh, Jerome yeah. and Manu combined and everything, and you backing up as well. Yeah, you're right. And, and I sort of I get a lot of not credit, but I get it's always asked about me about what I did. Um, obviously standing in the corner like a bit of a goose and that's what people remember but if, if, if you go back and rewind that play um, I just give early ball to Jerome Rapati who'd done it all year uh, he had fantastic footwork and he was really strong and I just wanted to give him early ball and he managed to I forget who his defender was but he beat him I was Falau yeah, he beat Falau ends up yeah. and, and got through him and uh, grabbed a great pass there to Manu and you know, the beast just flying down the sideline. And I don't know how he sort of seen me. I, I went to go on his outside and then he was sort of running there. So I flicked back to his inside and managed to, to open up and he hit me perfectly. Perfect pass uh, for a big man uh, running at that sort of speed in traffic that he was. Um, a pretty special pass to come up with. Yeah. Unreal moment. Unreal. It was. And the, the club None of created... us will ever forget. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and the club created history that day as the first eighth-place team to defeat the minor premiers in week one of the finals. Yep. How was the mood and celebrations after that win? Um, you know, obviously, it probably, probably wasn't over the top, uh, knowing no. the game to come, but uh, still... Yeah, it wasn't over the top, but um, funnily enough, in, in the... In the lead up to the game, I remember Walks, uh, Craig Walker talking about we win this, we're going to get a home game next week we're a home semi-final because of the way the draw fell or whatever Yep. and um, we're like, you know, we win this, we're going home and no one's going to beat us back there um, I still remember in the lead up to there was a, a um, an article on the day of the game or the day before the game where Greg Inglis had come out and said he was going to be the best player in the field um, it was big, big front page or back page of the sport I remember cutting it out, putting it on the whiteboard um, and just leaving it there and sort of drawing around it and watching some of the big boys walk in and see it and sort of flare their nostrils. I was like, yes, this is working. This is working. There's nothing I'm going to do about it. He was playing 5'8", so there's there's nothing I could do to be better than Greg Inglis, but seeing those big boys flare their nostrils, I was like, here we go. And uh, 
yeah, I mean, to, you know, we did talk about coming home and playing the next week before the game. So we were pretty confident. And one thing I'll never forget, when, on the plane home, uh, I forget who was talking about it, but they were talking about Wayne Scarra, who was our CEO at the time, yep. had already organised extra seating for the stadium. We got there for training and it was half built already. So he'd already planned in place for us to win and for him to, um, you know, expand the crowd by an extra five or 6,000 because he knew he'd sell it out. He had that in place. So, uh, yeah, Wayne was pretty pretty confident. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you're damn right you're unbeatable at home because the next week we played the Roosters at home in another blackout game similar to... Yeah, the In front of a heaving Mount Smart crowd. I've never... Yep. It's one of the best atmospheres coming through the TV I can ever remember at Mount Smart. Yep. Um, we had uh, Lucky on the on the show a few weeks ago, and he said that this yeah. was one of the highlights of his career. Is that how you remember that game? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the fondest memories I have the whole time I played footy, um, um, to run out there. I love how we used to run out to Mount Smart Stadium through the tunnel uh, yes. from the training field, um, and you have the drums and that, and coming out of that tunnel with the fire and the drums and then looking up at the crowd, which is totally blacked out, absolutely packed. Um, I always made it a, a point to run to the middle of the field and then, um, you know, do just sort of just do a 360 degree turn and have a look at the crowd. And, um, yeah, I'll never forget the way it looked that day. It was hundred percent. Everybody was wearing black clothes and, um, this crowd was just heaving, just pumped up. And, uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. That, um, that roosters game is synonymous for that uh, Ruben running the ball back into yeah, Soliola, right. yeah. knocking him out. Yeah. Um, how close were you to that play when it happened? And is it true Ruben was yelling Spartan as he crashed into the defence? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was in the front line, so I'd just kick a goal. Um, so I'd just run back to the front line so I didn't have to go all the way back. Um, and I remember watching Rubes run back and 100% he was screaming Sparta. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was around that time at 300 yeah that's and what he was I thought. screaming yeah. it screaming it and he was running that hard like i can't believe that um Soli Ava, Soli even stood in front of him there's no way i would have just got out of the road he was running like like a steam train and and they hit like you know it was huge huge collision and and um Soliola come flying and and Rubes was like, yeah, sweet. And then as soon as he realised Soliola was hurt, then he actually, I think he went and sort of picked him up. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, the whole game. It's just the kind of, it's the kind of guy that Ruben is. Like, just such a, a lovely bloke, an absolute gentleman. I feel like an absolute privilege that I got to play with him and my team. And um, yeah, but I certainly wouldn't have got in front of him that day. <laughs> well, I don't think any of us would. <laughs> so, so after the... Uh... The, you know, the excitement of that game. We move on to the, the preliminary final against Manly. Yep. Unfortunately, we're soundly beaten by a, a very good Manly side that year. Yeah. Um, yep. But the 2008 season must still hold sort of many special memories for you. Yeah, it does. It was probably one of the, um, it's probably my best year. Um, as you say, I sort of had injury through the middle of the year where I, I, I ripped up my muscle off the bone uh, and missed a few games. But uh yeah, the, the way that it, um, well, certainly the run that we had there at the back end of the year uh, was something I'll never forget and probably the, the most enjoyable time I had playing footy, yeah. Um, the 2009 season, the, the club welcomes back Stacey Jones and they signed Joel Moon. Um, yeah. Now, the, I've read this, that you were apparently told by the club that you weren't that they weren't planning on using you for the 2009 season and instead you'd be looking to play in the Balkans if you stayed on. 
Yeah. That, that must have been a tough thing to hear considering how integral you were to the club for the in the success for the previous two seasons? Yeah, I was shocked. Uh, I was shocked. I just had a meeting at the end of the year like you always do um, and got called in all meeting with the coaches and they basically just said, um, and it was exact words because I'll never forget it. It doesn't matter how good you play, you'll never play first grade at this club again. And I was, I was really caught off guard. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, they basically said they were going in a different route. Um, the thing that really I said sort of got me is three or four weeks prior, I'd, I had a huge offer to go play in England. Um, and so we asked the club, so my manager asked the club, well, what's your plans for Michael? Because he's got a really big offer. Uh, I still remember John Hart pulling me aside and said, mate, we've got huge plans for you and we want to extend you after this one year. So um, I was really excited by that. And I said, well, if you guys want to keep me, I, I don't want to go. I love it here. So yeah. um, I was excited by that. And then, as you say, sort of got, I don't know where it sort of happened over the next couple of weeks. Um, um, that, yeah, things change for the club. And that's that's fair enough. That's professional professional sport. But um, caught me off guard. Uh, and I didn't, know, yeah, I didn't know what to do, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're the first link to a move to Penrith or Melbourne. However, you yeah. decide to switch codes and you go to Otago, Otago yeah. Rugby. So how did yep. you find the code switch? And had you ever played Union before? Not really. I played a little bit of um, rugby union at school. But um, John Hart was uh, pretty pivotal in that. Uh, I spoke with Hardy about it. And he had a idea that I'd be pretty good at rugby union in terms of my the assets that I had from rugby league that would translate with my kicking game and, and obviously my goal kicking um, would be good in rugby. Um, I was pretty excited by the prospect. I met with uh, Wayne Smith, who was the assistant coach of the All Blacks. Um, and I met with the Blues coach at the airport one day in Auckland. They sold me the, the uh, idea. Uh, yeah, you said I had offered to go to, to Melbourne. Um more so than Penrith, really. Uh, but it just, yeah, the timing of it at Melbourne, they had no money in their salary cap, to be, to be quite honest. Um, and uh, it just worked out better. My wife was pregnant at the time. So, um, yeah, we decided to take the plunge and go into rugby union. And, and to be fair, at the time, it was something I was really, really excited about. You, um, 2010 to 2013, you go over to England and you have stints yeah. with the Crusaders, the Welsh-based Crusaders and the London Broncos. Yep. Um, how did you enjoy your time playing in the Super League overseas? And what were the main differences between the speed of the game and, and the defensive structures in comparison to the NRL? Yeah, it's, it was a faster game. Um, and I'd say real physical um, in terms of the hits, but not so much on the ground. The wrestle hadn't really made it to the Super League at that time. Um, during the sort of back end of my time there, uh, Maguire was coach. He'd moved from Melbourne over to coach Wigan. And that's when the the, uh, the wrestling that, that Melbourne were doing started to come into the game. But it's certainly a more open game over there. Uh, a lot more points. Um, it's good to shift the ball around. Um, certainly not in the start of the season uh, because it's, uh, it's still pretty wet and cold. Yeah. But uh, when it starts to heat up, um, you get to shift the ball around a lot and yeah, it's, it's a good brand of footy. No one knows you over there, so it's good. You can sort of relax a little bit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we, we loved our time in England. Yeah, you returned to the NRL, though, for the 2014 season. So you signed with yep. St. George Illawarra, and you played the first four games of the year, and then, unfortunately, you are injured. And the Dragons ended up signing Benji Marshall um, to come yeah. back. And 
in your absence and then you end up retiring in the end of 2014 so yep. how do you how do you look back on your career after that um yeah look it's I guess as a kid, all I wanted to do was play in the NRL. I was lucky enough to, to accomplish that and do it for an extended period of time. Um, no doubt I would like to do more. I was close a couple of times to playing representative footy, uh, but never got there. Uh, but on a whole, I think that, um, you know, I, I guess it was a privilege to play as much as I did. We had a bit of, fair bit of bad luck along the route, uh, but that's, you know, not many people had their careers go exactly the plan. And um, at the end of the day, I'm really happy that uh, I got to do that for a job for uh, a long time. Met some amazing people that are still my best best mates today and um, people that you haven't seen for years and years and you bump into them after you played together and it's just um, like you never uh, left each other. So, you know, privileged to get paid to play a sport I, I would have did for nothing. Yeah, footy's good like that. It's um, it There's so many NRL stars that dabble in boxing. Now, you were a champion junior boxer growing up in Queensland. Did you ever consider going back to, to boxing after you retired? Yeah, I uh, actually did. Oh. I, um, yeah, I had one professional fight. Um, so, yeah, I did a bit of boxing when I was a kid. And um, I'd asked a couple of times while I was playing in England if I could have a fight, but the club wouldn't let me. Uh, so when I retired, I, I did uh, have a professional fight. Um, I fought a guy in Toowoomba, back in my hometown. I went back to my old trainer um, that I trained with when I was a kid. So we went sort of full circle. Um, he'd taken some guys to win world titles, so he was pretty uh, well credentialed. And um, so I went back and yeah, had a, had one fight with him. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty crazy night, to be honest. So I, I did win the fight, uh, one more knockout in the first round. Nice. Uh, but but uh, yeah, it was a bit weird, really. Um, you sort of train so hard, and it sort of happened really quickly. So I don't know whether I'm any good or not, or I just caught him with a lucky shot. But uh, yeah, it sort of happened. And then later that night, uh, my trainer, his his son. His son passed away in a fight um, oh. from a brain bleed. Yeah, so it was one of those ones where it was something that I was going to have a few fights, and that sort of happened. And and uh, yeah, stuff changed pretty quickly. To be fair, wow. it was a pretty sad, mm. pretty sad, um, pretty sad evening. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, not to, not to kill the buzz, but yeah. No, like, no. So I'm a, not I'm a not to get fighting fan. not to get too morbid. Or anything yeah. like that, but did he actually pass away in the ring, or did he pass away? No, no, he didn't. He he, uh, he was his first loss. Uh, he'd never lost before. Braden Smith is his name, a champion young kid. He was twenty three years of age, um, just about to finish law school. It's a very bright young man. Um, had a fight. He fought a guy, I think, from Thailand, from memory. Um, really tough fight. Uh, he took some punches. You know, he, he did get beat. Never went down in the whole fight. Uh, just kept coming forward. Actually, he came up to me after the fight. Uh, I had a good chat with him about it. Um, I'd known him since he was a, a baby, basically. Yep. Um, and he just asked me, we were talking about the fight, and I just said I'd never been prouder of him, the, the way that he actually fought. We were having a full conversation. Uh, and the um, strange one is he's, uh, he asked, could we have a photo together? That's the last photo that, you know, Braden ever had was with me. Wow. Um, and we all sort of went to go off to the after after fight night function um, there for sort of half an hour, an hour. And we sort of hadn't hadn't seen him and what was happening. And uh, basically went into the dressing room to get his bag and um, collapsed uh, had a, and had a brain bleed. And they, they raced him to Brisbane. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, they, he, he never come out of his uh, 
he's uh, I guess I think it's a coma or whether he was you know he never yeah. come back awake anyway. So um, yeah, super sad time for boxing um, worldwide, Australia wide certainly, and uh, Toowoomba it took a big chunk out of the the, the city. Yeah, and it probably was the re- is that the reason you didn't fight again? It just kind of changed your whole. Oh, it did. Uh, part of the reason was that um, I discussed it with my wife. Um, with Brendan, who's his father, and it was my trainer. It was yep. my trainer when I was a kid. He was the only guy that I ever trusted to go and train with. Uh, that's not to say there isn't, isn't uh, other good trainers around, but I knew that Brendan would never, ever throw me into a fight to sell tickets because he's a promoter yep. as well. It was never going to leverage off my sporting background as a, as a rugby league player to, to um, yeah, sell, get bums on seats or anything like that. I knew he'd always um, do the right thing by me. Um, and I was very confident with him. Um, so that's probably why. It, it obviously dented him for a long time. He got out of boxing. Uh, he's back in it now. Um, not going to lie, I floated, uh, floated with the idea a couple of times of fighting again. Uh, we've had a couple of training camps and uh, fights just sort of haven't haven't fallen into place at the time. But um, you know, I guess you never say never, but uh, I'm no, starting just, to get a bit old now. Dumb. Bro, you're I'm still 37 young. now. I'm 37 That's young, now. bro. That's, That's still young. young. Yeah, that is young. It's, what, what do you what what do you think of um i know we're branching away from stuff here but i'm nah. cu- curious to know your your opinion what do you think of the guys that have made the jump from rugby league to boxing are they doing the are they doing the sport justice like boxing justice um or yeah are, are some of them kind of do you look and think why like well, put it this way, if you're a very brave man to step inside a boxing ring. Um, yep. Once you go in there, there's, there's no support. You're in there on your own. Mm. Um, I look at a bloke like uh, Paul Gallon doing what he's doing. Um, the thing is, any, and I can understand that boxers get a little bit upset because um, the football players come in and get paid more money. But yep. any boxer in the world, anywhere, they can grab a pair of boots and go and jump in and play in the local footy team. Yeah, that's right. It's, they, they can do that yep. simply because that it's all about money. It's business. Uh, these footy players can put bums on seats and people want to watch them fight. If you look at Gal, for example, he half the people turn up, they want to see him get belted and half the people turn up and see him want to win. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, uh, they turn up and want to see him. So you can't really say that he's taken away from other boxers because he fights on cards and brings other fighters into those cards that make yeah. a lot more money than they would have made elsewhere. Yeah. Um, he's done it with Tim Zhu. Um, he's done it with a couple of the other guys there that have sort of fought on his undercard and are starting to progress to that next level. So, no, I, I don't think I don't think they're doing boxing any harm at all. If you look at a guy, again, he's doing it full-time now, Gallon, and yeah, he trains right. his butt off. He doesn't turn up in, in terrible shape and, and mm. just try and jump in and grab a few quid. Like, And he's not going in there and fighting um, mailmen either. He's fighting guys that are tough, scary men. And so he's, he's full tilt. It's his speed as a, as a heavyweight too. Like he comes out of the gate so quickly. Um, he's got a big motor. He lasts a long time, similar to when he plays yeah. footy. Right? Um, yeah, just cardio. He's got a cardio engine that, that just doesn't stop. And um, um, you can hit him with a, a crowbar. He'll keep coming. So he's, no, I think he's doing fantastic things for boxing. I think he always carried himself in a, in a professional manner. He always turns up in great physical condition. Um, yep. So you certainly can't take away from him. And as I say, I'm, I understand people want to cry about him getting so much money, but you know, if you look at uh, Big Daddy Brown, who he just fought, he he would he got 
five times the amount of money to fight Gallon than he would have got fighting some someone else. So, mm. you know, right. you can't complain. No. Well, he was one of the ones that was very vocal about Gallon. Yeah, he was. Um, fights away from reputable fighters and he gets yep. in the ring and, and he, he doesn't last a round. So, exactly know. right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think they're doing great things for great things for boxing. I, I, and I, I feel, though, you definitely, if you want to get into the ring, you've got to be prepared to take the barrage that comes with it of being a football player yeah. and uh, all that sort of nonsense, um, which is part of the reason I wanted to do it on a small show because it was about me and it wasn't about anybody else. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the guys, most of the guys that are doing it are turn up, you know, in great physical condition. They're not just turning up and stuffing around, you know. At the end of the day, um, as I said, it's a daunting place. And, uh, you know, you, if you're prepared to put in a hard, tough training camp, um, you know, credit to you. Yeah, well, you, you do end up following a, a slightly different career path. So you've moved, uh, you've moved up to God's country in the Gold Coast, and <laughs> yeah. uh, you're now working as a real estate agent. So how'd you get into yeah. that? Yeah, mate, I sort of, uh, I run a development company with my brother whilst I was playing footy. Uh, so it's something that I always had a bit of a passion for. Um, yeah, we used to buy, sell properties, and build houses and flip houses whilst we were, whilst we were playing footy. And my old man was a builder, so um, used to you know, being around houses and properties and stuff like that. So it was kind of a, a natural progression for me, I guess, once I, I'd retired. Um, originally, I decided I wasn't going to do it. My mate uh, kept trying to get me to do it. But I said, I've been working weekends my whole life. Like, I want to have some some weekends yeah. off. But, uh, you know, it's something that I enjoy. Um, and hence the reason I, I got into it. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty lucky to be able to sell houses here in the Gold Coast. It's a, it's a pretty special place. Yeah, not a bad spot to be. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of ex-footy players up there now. Um, who are involved in coaching or, or um, like training or, or running water for many of the clubs up there. Like Scotty Prince is coaching. I think he coached the Valley Diehards women's side this year. He did, yeah. Um, Clinton Torpy's coaching an A-grade side up there. Uh, is. Luke Burt runs the water for the Burley Bears. Have yep. you ever thought about doing anything in regards to footy uh, again? Yeah, like I... Coaching or tra- training? This year, I did my first head coach's job. Um, oh, nice. I, yeah, I coached the Burley Bears Melmaninga Cup team. Oh, um, so it's, okay. it's, only a, it's only a short season. Uh, so yep. it's much like the SG Ball competition in Sydney. Uh, but with my work, it was, it's been always a little bit difficult. But given that the Melmaninga Cup's only that sort of shorter six to eight week season, I'd managed to get it in. And it's something I really enjoyed. I like working with guys that are at that age um, where you feel like you can influence them maybe a little bit as a footballer, but certainly as a as a human being and as a gentleman. Yeah. And um, we certainly had that in my team that there was a no, um, a no dickhead policy, I guess you call it, for want of a better term. Um, but managed to, yeah, work with some great young kids, some kids that are um, signed to the Titans and Broncos and uh, some other kids that managed to get some contracts uh, after the year played out. So um, some kids with big futures there and hopefully that um, yeah, I can continue to help them move forward. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see everyone. Yeah, you're still involved in rugby league. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Michael, I'm going to ask you some questions that we ask all of our guests. These are just rapid oh. fire questions. While Hammer okay. over here look, goes through some of the uh, the get some audience questions. Okay, who right. was your toughest teammate? Toughest teammate, Ruben Wiki. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. Who is the best sledger? Ooh, Nathan Fiend was good. Yeah, we, 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 we've uh, discussed that. We've witnessed we? a bit of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who was the biggest pest? Oh, jeez. 
Tough question. Oh. Don't have to be the Warriors, just anyone you played any, with. Any, with yeah. any teams you played for, yeah. Biggest pest. Uh, biggest pest. Uh, Adam Peake, an older guy I played oh, yeah. with Parramatta and played yeah. with him over in England as well. He's a bit of a pest. Real, you know, good willed. But I do remember it coming into my locker one day and uh, my socks were on fire. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> actually, George Gaddis. George Gaddis. Oh, oh yeah. George one of the glorious greats. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he <laughs> someone, Tony Martin actually did something to his locker and he, he knew it was either me or Tozza and he said, if you don't own up, I'm going to burn all your stuff. And I thought, he won't do that. He started sending us videos. He captured, like, emptied our lockers and had all our gear out in Ellerslie in the field out there. And he's going, if you don't tell me, it's going to burn. And then he sent us videos of him burning all their stuff. So uh, he's a he's a proper pest too, Gaddis. Wow. Hooker, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's hooker. Yeah, hookers. It is. It is. <laughs> who, was, uh, who was your toughest, toughest opponent? Toughest opponent. Um, most intimidating was uh, Morley, Adrian Morley. I yeah, remember yeah. playing against him. It was quite intimidating. Toughest opponent. Um, Mick Crocker. Mick Crocker was a really yeah. tough guy. Always um, always heckled you and got at you all day and, and always made your job tough. I could fucking believe that. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's the best trainer that you played with? Best trainer, um, Adam Dykes. Adam Dykes is a guy at uh, Parramatta. He came from Cronulla. He was the fittest, the fittest guy I'd ever, ever played with. Uh, we did a, a crazy run in Cuyama one day where we had to do sand dunes and a real long distance run. And he was that fit. He was that far in front, but he ran so hard. He passed out on the beach and they couldn't get him off the beach. They had to call in a helicopter to elevate him out of the beach. Like he, he ran himself to an absolute standstill, but, uh, he was super fit. Adam super Dice, fit. Eh? There you go. What about the team comedian? Who's the, who's the funniest bloke you played with? Jesus, plenty of them. <laughs> plenty of them. Top plenty top of rat bags along the way. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of rat bags along the way. Um, both the Stewart boys at, at uh, Manly, they were absolute oh, rat okay. bags. Um, loved a good time. Uh, Matty Peterson at Parramatta. Yeah. Uh, Sideshow, yeah, Sideshow, yeah. he lives here on the Gold Coast. So, oh, um, yeah, just up the road from me. So, I go and get, he runs a tyre shop. So, always go see uh, Maddie for, for tyres. Uh, he hooks us up all the time. Um, but he's a rat bag. Uh, Hendo, Hendo is another Hendo, one. So, yeah. yeah um, but lucky enough to play with plenty of good characters. Did you, um, did you have any pre-game rituals or game day routines that you followed religiously? Yeah, I did. I had plenty. Everything I did on game day was was religious, uh, superstitious to a point. But I think a lot of it was that I knew uh, exactly my routine. I knew that I turned up and it was okay right from the meals that I ate, the times that I ate, the way that I packed my bag, um, the way that I got dressed, the, the undies that I wore, everything. Absolutely everything was done the same the same way every week so that I, I knew that uh, never forget anything and there was no excuses. Basically, um, yeah. what was the most memorable moment in your career? Uh, I'll probably think we spoke about there before the, the night we the blackout we played the um, the Roosters back at Mount Smart. Something that uh, is super fond memories. Yeah, 
Beautiful. Did you have any heroes growing up? Rugby league heroes growing up? Or boxing heroes? Yeah, definitely both. I had uh, Robbie Davis was yep. my hero. Yep. Um, a Toowoomba boy who'd gone and mm. played in the uh, the big show to show me that um, it was possible. Yep. Now, I used to love Jeff Fennick as well. Jeff Fennick, I remember watching a, his fight with Azuma Nelson uh, and he yeah. fought in the car park over in uh, Las Vegas and they robbed him. Yep. Uh, I remember crying. I was crying when Guts out that uh, he'd he'd been ripped off and giving him a draw. I remember my dad like going, are you serious? I'm like, they robbed him. Like, it was devastated. <laughs> so he was certainly a boxing idol and, and Rocky Balboa also used to follow him. I, I wouldn't be Rocky. Rocky, Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't hate to, I hate to break it to you, mate, but he's not a real person. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Don't believe it. Uh, who were your best and worst roommates when you travel? Because obviously you had roommates when you travelled to Australia. When did, you yeah, yeah, did a, lot, did a lot of travel. Obviously at the Warriors every other week. So Grant Ravelli was my roommate for an extended oh, yeah. period, and Nathan Fiend, both pretty good. Um, Rabsy was pretty messy. Pretty messy, uh, but a good dude. He come in, he come in a bit um, under the weather, and it was always my job to be the alarm clock and make sure he's up and ready to go. Uh, and then when I when I played in England, Craig Gow was my roommate. We played oh, at London together. That could have got, got messy. Yeah, he, he enjoyed a good time. A couple of uh, um, bedtime wrestles. Uh, yeah. Again, we snored too. So um, I always made sure that I had all the pillows on my bed, and I'd just start pegging them at him. Um, you'd only have to hit him a couple of times. You'd roll over and he was okay, but his snoring wasn't great. What? Um, who was the hardest team to come up against? Um, I remember playing against Manly after I'd left Manly. I always thought they were really tough. They were at a really um, successful period as well. Yeah, um, they were at that time. They always yeah. come hard, always come hard. Every player would really test you. Um, so I remember playing against them. They were hard. In my early years, playing against the Warriors too, uh, very daunting to go over to Mount Smart. I remember when I first was at Parramatta and we come over to play some of the, the big guys and there was a couple of stinks that broke out and I'd ended up in, in front of Monty Beetham and thought, oh, my Ooh. God, my life's just finished. <laughs> uh, another, so they, they, they were a daunting boxer. pack. Here's another boxer. Yeah. yeah. Well, look at what Monty did. I mean, he was he was amazing when he went in the boxing, you know. Yeah. Such a such a freakish athlete, you know. And yeah. um, I certainly don't think anyone could say that he did boxing any harm. Yeah, Exactly. Um, who was the biggest influence on your career? Um, probably sounds a bit a bit uh, weird, but probably my wife, really. Like, she was always there for me. We, we moved around a lot. Um, we were high school sweethearts. She moved to Sydney with me. Every every bad situation we went through together, we did a lot of it away from our families. Um, you know, it's certainly in, in Auckland and over in the UK. We had kids away from home. So she was always my sounding board. Um, and I was very lucky to have yeah a, a partner like that. So she's a local Toowoomba girl as well. Toowoomba girl as well, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we, we went to high school together. Um, and she she moved around everywhere with me and never never kicked up a stink really. Um, woman, mate, that's a good woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's been trying to get away ever since. But uh, <laughs> we got locked in here now. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the new six again rule? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um, I feel like it speeds up the game. It brings the smaller guys back into the game. That fatigue back into the game, which was taken out there for for an extended period as well. So um, I think you can see some of the skillful guys that are really coming to the forefront at the moment. Uh, so yeah, I, I tend to like the rule. Um, 
I don't know whether you're going to ask me the next question about the head high rule. I think no, that's, no, a bit, I'm not gonna... <laughs> that's a bit iffy, but uh, I certainly like the six again one. Yeah. Um, and if you didn't become an NRL player way back when, in like 99, if you didn't get the scholarship in 99, what yep. career path do you think you would have taken back then? Yeah, look, I probably, as I said, my, my old man, he owned his own building business. So it probably would have been something, something in the construction industry. Um, which wouldn't have been such a bad thing. We're about to do some renos here. And I tell you what, what these tradies charge, man. They're, they're making Mate, big cash. Careful what you say. <laughs> careful what you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am I am a tradie. We, we've got to live too, mate. <laughs> I know, I know. Charge like a wounded bull. I, I, get, I get sent through some uh, quotes here at the moment. I think the guy's wearing a balaclava when he's sending them through. Mate, I'll, I'll, I'll send you my... Because uh, my daughter lives up uh, the Gold Coast now and her partner's a, a carpenter. Um, yeah, sweet. I'll send, I'll send you his details. Um, Righto. And, and he can give you a competitive price. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. Too easy. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Mate, you, I, you, I just really want to thank you. Just one more, just one more thing. Have you got yeah. a tip for tomorrow yeah. night? Oh, yeah, your tip for tomorrow. Well, he's going to say Queensland. What? It's got to be Queensland. You, know, you, can never, you can never go against Queensland. Even yeah. if we were playing, we had a preschool team going against New South Wales, I'd still, I'd still pick Queensland. No doubt, as always, we're the underdogs. But um, uh, for some reason, when these guys put on that uh, maroon jersey, they just seem to That's lift it. another leg. That's so uh, I'm yeah. Queensland through and through. Yeah, beautiful. Queensland, Mate, uh, just yeah. want to thank you for coming on, chatting with us um, so candidly too. We Every time we have a guest on, we learn something new. Um, sure, so learning that the, the beards weren't growing for, for in Ruben's honour was something that we no, didn't learn. Yep. Yeah. Um, I saw, I saw <laughs> yeah. As I said to you before we went on air, mate, our fellow our followers um, love hearing uh, about our past players, what you're up to. Um, so, yeah, thanks for giving us your time tonight. Uh, as we yeah. always say, it doesn't matter who you played for before or after your time at the Warriors. Um, once you play for the club, you are forever and always. And you, Michael Witt, are forever and always Warrior 134. Thank you so much, guys. A privilege. Thank yeah, you. thanks. And I'm hoping we may we may be able to catch up with you in round 25 when the Warriors play the Titans. At yeah. Super well, Stadium. um, yeah, Mark, Mark, um, is no, no, Mark, the owner of the club. Oh yeah, ah, Robo. Yeah, Robo lives just up the road. Well, just did live up the road from me. I sold his house uh, oh, just recently, cool. so um, so he's moved just up the road. But yeah, he's always talking to. Um, he's got a box. Um, up there at Titans, so we're always talking about getting down and watching the footy. So, yep, that sounds like a plan. Beautiful, awesome. mate. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Thanks again, Mick. Appreciate awesome. It. Pleasure, guys. No worries Thanks, at all. Buddy. Good luck. Thanks with it. a lot. See you later. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Oh, mate. Oh, wow. It's it's awesome. Every time there's yeah. just there's just another story, you know. I know another great chat from another one of our past greats, past stars, you know. Only spent two years at the Warriors, but um, two very memorable years. We two very memorable that. years yeah. was very integral for our for our club back in those days. You know his uh, his ridiculous um, goal kicking percentage rate oh. really kept us in and, and won us a lot of the games back in in those two seasons. So um, it, yeah. it sure did. And we'll, no Warriors fan alive will ever forget that try. So he's always he's always got a, a fond place in our heart. Absolutely, absolutely. We've. Um, well, we're going to combine two shows into one tonight because we have got Origin tomorrow. So stick with us because we're just going to go through uh, quickly um, our round 13 review of the four games that happened, get into our preview for, for round 14. So um, That's it. Last Thursday night, we had yep. the defensive tussle that was the Dragons versus the Broncos. Yes. Uh, <laughs> wet conditions in Sydney. 
Dragons had Jack DeBellin back. So that was his first game three years after three years of being out of the game. So um, uh, the Broncos got out to an early lead um, and one of the old men, <laughs> old, <laughs> old league statesman, David Meek, yep. gets a try and the Dragons hit back with uh, Bird and Willie Ame. Broncos young gun TC Rabuddy got a double in the first half. And the second courtesy of a bad DeBellin read. So, had a bit of a mixed game. Yeah, he did. No love shown uh, for Jack, though, by the Fox Sports broadcast. Where was the whole uh, inner monologue and the countdown and the Jack DeBellin cam on the sideline? Or is that just yeah. for that's just for Sunny Bill and the Roosters or something? That's a, just a Roosters thing, mate. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry, my yeah. bad. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another of the old men of league gets a try with... Uh, Gerard Beale, who's well known to us, scoring for the Dragons. And why did we let him go? Why did we let him go? He scored, he scored a, try. a try. Why did we let, why him, did go? We let him go? I know. <laughs> uh, Dufty scores again right at halftime. That was a that was a bit of a freakish try, but I mean, Asako, what was he thinking? Should have uh, cleaned up that kick. Oh, 24-18 lead. TC Rabuddy sent to the shin bin and good night as the Dragons just piled on the points. 20 minutes to go. The Dragons led 40 to 18. Had completed 14 second half sets. The Brisbane's three. Yeah. And Asako gets hooked. With 15 minutes to go. And Brisbane are just diabolical. The men on the other, Matt Dufty, uh, putting in a bit of a statement. Excuse me, scoring two tries and five assists. Yeah, he had a great game, mate. Um, and of course, once he played that game, uh, all the Warriors fan forums had, why don't we sign Matt Dufty? Um you know, so he, he's on the list with um, Brandon every Smith. Other player. <laughs> uh, yeah, and every other player that's off contract at the moment. I, I saw another one, Dane Gagai. Someone was asking, why don't we sign Dane Gagai? Why don't we just go out and sign him? I don't understand oh. why we just don't go out and do it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the Friday night game, Tigers 26 versus the Panthers. Six. What a game. What a game. I was there at that game. I uh, went with the great Juan. Um all the pregame that. talk was about the Panthers, which seven players out due to origin and one on suspension. Boo frickety who. Um, they're the only team who hasn't been affected by injuries uh, this whole season. So it was always going to be sing- uh, interesting to see how they handle with the mass outs that every club has had to navigate week in, week out during the season. Um, the Tigers returned to Leichhardt. Uh, they really needed to repay the Leichhardt faithful after mm. their last performance there, which was that uh, loss uh, yeah. to the Cowboys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you've never been to Leichhardt, uh, do yourself a favour and get there to a game. It's a truly amazing spectacle. It really is. Uh, the crowd on the hill, how close you are to the field. It's an amazing experience, especially when the Tigers are playing well and the crowd mm. is very vocal. But, um, yeah, they call it the home of rugby league, and, and it is. It's, a, it's the spiritual home of the Tigers. It forever will be. It's a great place to watch footy. Uh, I love getting out there to watch footy. Um, the Tigers got off to a great start with Luke Brooks really starting to find his feet and play some great footy. Tigers scored first through Dane Laurie, waltzing through a gap. And their second try saw Jacob Little run 80 metres to score, um, showing a surprising turn of speed to, to leave Charlie Shitstains uh, in his wake. Um, <laughs> Panthers then get their only try in the 52nd minute. Uh, they had plenty of opportunity. They did. But the Tigers Heaps. kept turning up to, to deny them. Yeah, they did. Um, Great scrambling defence on their line, yeah. Tigers scored three more tries, including a controversial penalty try to Luciano Leilua. Um, and the Tigers, Tigers yeah, yeah, the Tigers. Well, mate, there was nothing else they could do, really. Yeah. Um, Tigers just remained uh, strong in defence. Penrith with a late opportunity uh, for points when Momoroski come broken through and, and finding shit stains on the outside. <laughs> but um, 
he was run down uh, and then dropped the ball. Uh, so, yeah, uh, great win by the Mighty Tigers, who are now one spot out of their preferred ninth spot on the ladder. So, good luck to them. The dream is alive, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Saturday night game uh, was moved to the Sunshine Coast. The Storm 20 over the Titans 14. Titans had a couple of debutants in Greg Marzu and Jaden Campbell, son of Preston Campbell. So first father-son uh, duo ever to play for the Titans in their 14 new history. So it's great to see that. And some emotional scenes after that, after the game as well there. Um, Titans had some, had some great early ball with repeat sets. Um, Storm, Storm were a little bit off their game here, so this is a bit of an opportunity for um, for the for the Titans here. Great pass from Paddy Herbert. Why did we let him go? Why did we let him go? Why did we let him go? <laughs> He's, he, I, I love Paddy Herbert. So, so do I. Yeah. Great man. <laughs> Puts Marzu over in the corner for a try on debut. Storm hit back immediately. Long range try from Brima Smith off a Jerome Hughes uh, Jerome Hughes break, and the hectic cheese. Uh, who now refers to himself as mozzarella because he's the shredded cheese, right? Correct. Yeah, yep. the grated cheese. Steals another try out of dummy half. We'll have to look out for that this weekend. Yes. Um, storm up 14-6 at halftime. Brian Kelly scores after halftime. And then Warrior, number 248, George Jennings, yep. uh, goes over his ninth of the season. Uh, and then it's a bit of a blow for blow. And then Wallace uh, went over for the Titans. It becomes a six-point ball game and 20 minutes to go. And a brief stoppage in play for a pitch invader who looks as though he's about 30 scooters. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. was um, trying to get uh, Aaron Boots' autograph. Yeah. It's not every day you see a WWE, WWE. wrestler out there playing. There you go, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron Booth, the HBK. The HBK, yes, of course. I must say, uh, one of the worst bomb tries I've ever seen happened in this game. Brian Kelly, this this was like Logan Swan times 100. <laughs> Had an unmarked winger outside him, a dead set, did not pass um, and dropped the ball over the line. So, absolute murder. Throw away the key for that one. Yep. As we said, Titans had several chances, level the scores, but really poor execution like that. And that final play let them down. Yeah. And then the, the last game of the round was the uh, Parramatta Eels 40 over the Newcastle Knights 4. Um, it was Old Boys Day up there at Newcastle, honouring the 2001 team that won the mm. uh, 2001 Premiership against Parramatta. I can't believe it's been 20 years already. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. Uh, the Knights also had two club debutants in Jake Clifford and Jack Johns. And uh, NRL debutant in, sorry, Matt Croker. Um, Matt Johns and Jack Johns become the first father-son to play for the club in their 33-year history. So, uh, magic uh, moment for the Johns family. Mm. Uh, Eels scored a pre- relatively easy try within the first four minutes to Ryan Madison to open up the scoring. And the indicators were there that there was going to be a long afternoon for the Knights faithful. Yeah. Um, Hayes Dunster got his first try in the NRL. Sivo uh, scored a first-half double followed by King Gutho special, and the Eels were up 22-0 at halftime. Uh, Newcastle just had sustained poor execution and never really troubled Parramatta. Um, three second-half tries to push the night score uh, the score out to 40 before the night scored a consolation try in the dying minutes. But, um, yeah, it was all in all a, a pretty one-sided affair all weekend with the, the games that were on, wasn't it? Apart from the, the Titans-Melbourne Maybe game. The Melbourne Titans. just not at their best. No. Um, if Melbourne play like they did last week, this weekend, we're, we're in for a yeah. good chance to beat them. Big chance, um, yeah. It's very rare that Melbourne have two 
ordinary games in a row. It um, is, yeah, so that's what worries me. <laughs> yeah, speaking of this weekend. Speaking um, of, we'll go through the team, which got named go today. Go through the team list, mate. Yep. got uh, RTS back at fullback in the absence of the suspended Reese Walsh. Montoya and Edward Cozy have been named on the wings with Ewan Aitken and Rocco Berry in the centres. Nikarima and Chanel Harris-DeVita, the halves. Tanoa Brown, Wade Egan, and Leeson Armau named to start in the front row with Bailey Surinan, uh, Tohu Harris, and Josh Curran returning from injury. Great to see him back. Yep. Yeah, the lock position. The bench consists of Jack Murchie, Kane Evans, Bunty Afoa, Ben Murdoch Masilla. And on the extended list, we have Jazz Tavoga. Yeah, interesting. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan, Ken Mamalo, and Adam Fanua Blake. Um, pretty solid side. I, I, I expect a few changes come mm, kickoff. Um, definitely seems that way. The fact that Mamalo and Adam Fanua Blake have been added to that extended bench, I would expect that Cozy drops out and Mamalo comes in. I'd also expect that uh, Armal drops out of the run on side. Fanua Blake will go into the run on side. Based on previous week's um, game minutes, I'd say Kane Evans drops out mm. um, for Armal to drop back to the bench. Uh, and then uh, possibly Jack Murchie uh, dropping back to the 18th man. I find it hard to believe that Jazz won't be in yes. game day 17. Um, but, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, it's... Sorry, mate. Just Yeah, no worries. We've got... Um, up on the second screen. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's probably the side that will take the field. But um, I... I don't know. I mean, we're not we're not coaches. That's um, it. I, I I expect at least like Fanoa a Fanoa bloke, uh, Fanoa bloke, <laughs> Fanoa bloke uh, proves his fitness. He, that's all he has to do to be to be in that team. Yep. Um, and you think that probably Big Ken might just have to do the same to come in on the wing there. Yeah, I think so. Um, the other games that we have around fourteen Friday night, yep. pretty good game. Uh, this one, uh, Manly versus Cowboys. Manly yep. have Kieran yeah, no Thorin. Thursday night game this week because of uh, Origin on Wednesday Origin. night. Yeah. yeah. So Friday, we've got Kieran Foran back from injury. Dylan Walker named on the bench, returning from injury. George Tafua named on the extended bench after a month in New South Wales Cup. Bit of a forgotten man there, George Tafua. Yeah. And Cowboys have got Tom Dearden named at halfback in his first game for the club. So they've done a bit of a switch around with Tom Dearden yep. going there. Clifford going to the Knights. Tao Malolo and Burr, Burr uh, Lockie Burr, both named to return from suspension. I think this will be a really good game. Looking forward to watching this one. I think, though, Manly will just have a little bit too much there. I think they'll get a, they'll get a close win. I, I, I'm tipping Manly 1-12, to 12, depending on Jake, uh, not Jake, uh, Tom Trebojevic backing up. If, if uh, Yes, of course. If Tommy yeah. Turbo doesn't back up three to, uh, two days after Origin, I can't see that he will. Um, he's been named at fullback, but if mm. he doesn't play, I think the Cowboys win this game. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Well, they're in yeah. very good form. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the second Friday night game is the Cronulla Sharks taking on the Penrith Panthers. And again, Sharks are getting the Panthers at the uh, opportune time. Sharks have named an unchanged 13 uh, that won two weeks ago. Uh, Andrew Fafita named on the bench and Teague Wilton on the extended bench returning from suspension. The Panthers have named an unchanged team to the side beaten by the Tigers last week, except for Moses Leota returning from suspension and Apicorosi are named at hooker. Uh, all six State of Origin reps named on an extended bench. Um, mm. If Cleary plays, I think the Panthers win. If Cleary doesn't play, if they rest their Origin players, I think the Sharks 1-12. I, I actually think Sharks are going to win this comfortably. 
Mm. Yeah, I think I think they're they're hitting form at the right time. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go for a Sharks win as well. Nice. That Saturday, Titans versus Roosters. Titans have got Greg Marzu keeping his place on the wing there. Brimson, Fafida, and Tino all named to start. And for the Roosters, we got Tedesco fullback, Sam Walker back to partner, uh, Lockie Lamb in the halves. Uh, Titans, yeah, they're struggling at the moment. Uh, I will pick, I'm going to pick a fairly big Roosters win here. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, 13 plus for me mm. for the Roosters. Um, the next game on Saturday is uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs versus Newcastle Knights. Um, South Origin players Mitchell, uh, Latrell Mitchell, Damian Cook, and Cam Murray all have been named uh, to start. Tane Milne named on the wing. Uh, Newcastle Sex Toy again named at fullback for the injured Kalen Ponga. I can't get that name out of my head. Anymore. Um, Shout out to you, Nick. Kurt yeah. Mann. <laughs> Kurt Mann has moved to the centres, and um, Clifford. Jake Clifford and Phoenix Crossland are named in the halves, new halves pairing. Um, J- uh, Daniel Saifidi named to back up after Origin. Jack Johns keeps his place on the bench. Uh, I just looking at Newcastle. I, I just see a South thirteen plus win here. Yeah, uh, massive. It's going to be. A bit, I think it's going to be a very comfortable win for Souths as well. Yeah. Yep. Raiders and Broncos. Millie, are you listening? The old 90s clash of the 90s here. Yeah. Uh, Raiders. Bailey Simonson back to fullback. Semi Vellame named on the wing. Matt Tomoko in the centres for Curtis Scott. Um, and a strong pack named Papali'i, Hodgson, Louis, Corey Harawera, Naira, Whitehead, and Sutton. So that's a very big, strong pack. Yep. And Tapani uh, returning from injury to the bench. As for the Broncos, old hooked Jermaine Asako was dropped. Not just hooked, but dropped as well after the yep. horror game last week. Maybe Farnworth back to fullback. Copley in the centres. Selwyn Cobbo retains his, his spot in the wing. A lot of raps on this young kid. Yep. Um, and the NRL welcomes back Carmichael Hunt, the sixth jersey. He hasn't been in the NRL since, what, about 2009? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, long it's time. It's been a while. And Payne Haas named to back up after Origin, but again, it remains to be seen whether that will happen. Yeah. Um, two teams in pretty ordinary form, but you'd have to say on paper the Raiders should win this one. Mate, should, I, I should I, win it comfortably, but I think it'll be closer than a lot of people think. I, I just, I just like that Raiders pack. I think that's the best pack yeah. that the Raiders have put out all season. Uh, and then you've got Tarpanay coming off the bench, um, along with um, Starling. So yeah, I, I, I think the Raiders. I, I don't think it'll be a blowout score. No, uh, but I think the Raiders, and they'll probably win somewhere around 12, 12 to sixteen points. I'd say. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sunday. Game one is the Warriors versus Storm as we've gone through the Warriors. Uh, RTS named at fullback for the suspended Reese Walsh. Rocco Berry returns from injury in the centres. Edward Cozy named on the wing um, in place of the suspended uh, Adam Pompey. Uh, Bailey Sirenen and Josh Curran both named in 13 to return from injury. Ken Mamalo and Adam Fanua, name, uh, Adam Fanua Blake named <laughs> on the extended bench uh, along with Jazz Tavanga. Uh, the Storm, Josh Adokar named on the wing. Uh, Cameron Munster named to return from injury. Uh, big Kiwi Packer, the Bromwich Brothers, the Hectic Cheese, uh, Nelson Asafa Solomona with Kafusi and Fanuka. That's a massive pack that yes. uh, Melbourne are running out. Harry Grant named on the bench. Uh, Warriors new signing, Aaron Penne on the bench as well. So we'll get a good no sign of HBK yeah. this week. So uh, there's going to be no WWE wrestling on the field. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put my one-eyed Warriors hat on and say that uh, I think we can get them. Uh, the week's rest will do us good, 
and uh, I'll say the Warriors in a close one. Uh, but yeah, take Warriors one to twelve. Yeah, I'm going to go Warriors by eight. Yep. There we go. Uh, we've got uh, the final game on Sunday is Eels versus Tigers. Eels unchained 17, except for Joey Lussick in for Reed Marnie, who's potentially on origin duty there. And the Tigers only one change to the team that beat the Panthers with Offa Hangawi back in the team after origin. And Seifarth drops back to the bench. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go. I think, I think this will be a very close game. Um, it was last time when these two teams played over Easter. Um, the Tigers were quite unlucky. I think uh, I think the Eels will just get home here. Yeah, I I mean I'm, I'm impressed with what how the Tigers played last week against the the Panthers. Um, I just think the the Eels might be a little bit too strong, mm. uh, a little bit of ex- more experience than what that Panthers team had last week. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a massive scoreline. I think, but yeah, no. I take the Eels one to twelve. And then Monday, uh, Queen birthday. Monday. Queen's birthday here in Sydney. Do you get the public holiday up there? Nah, but hey, I'll take it off anyway. Okay. Well, Monday, <laughs> Monday public holiday here in Sydney. We've got the uh, Bulldogs versus the Dragons. Um, yeah. The Bulldogs have named Dallin Watani feet for hands at fullback. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Marshall King back from injury into the nine jersey. Uh, the Dragons have named an unchanged 17. Uh, Cor- uh, Corbin Sims. What's his name? Tarek Sims. Has been Ashton named Sims. on the extended bench uh, following Origin. Uh, I just think the Dragons will be way too strong. Uh, Dragons thirteen plus for me. That they'd have to be. They'd have to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, got some Warriors news, mate. Late signings. We, Ooh, we, had, we had the announcement today. It was a bit of a surprise signing of Aaron Panay from the Melbourne Storm. Yep. Late bloomer of a of a kid. Uh, he's at twenty five. He's uh, now just starting to get an opportunity in first grade. So we saw a bit of him uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. Yep. Yeah, the Warriors tried to get him in 2019, but um, he chose the Storm, but thankfully he chose us this time. A local Canterbury junior who played for the Barala Bears. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, there's some big raps on this guy. Uh, apparently he was yeah. did, did some good things in the Q Cup and that. Um, and he has been playing the last two coming off the bench for, for Melbourne. Uh, I must admit, I haven't watched him too closely, but knowing that we've signed him, uh, I'll definitely be um, He'll going have a back massive and, game this weekend, won't you? Yeah, oh, you watch him. Yeah, you watch him rip apart the Warriors this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah so um, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting purchase uh, signing because we still have a couple of our uh, big men uh, unsigned. who haven't signed on for next yes. year. So we've got like Bunty's unsigned, Leeson. Lisa Narmal's unsigned. So you'd have to assume that. Um, one of those guys is probably going to be moved on. Uh, yeah. Consider it when you think that most of our other forward signings are all tied. Oh, Josh Curran still isn't unsigned as well yeah. for next year. So, um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting signing by the club. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, we'll see where they're going with uh, with their roster. Mm, well, um, the other bit nice. of news is for those who who know him, uh, Mark Mahiman Decker has flown into the country with his um, his carer, Leighton Swan. They they surprised the Warriors uh, yesterday up at Terrigal. None of them knew he was coming in. Um, so he's here for the week. Uh, if you follow him on, on Facebook or Instagram, you'll see he's, um, he's now heavily entrenched in uh, <laughs> Terrigal setup. Uh, he's filling up water bottles and helping out in the gym. And uh, yeah, he's really making himself back at home with his 
his Warriors Fano. He hasn't seen the boys, um, you know, in, in game situation like training or anything like that for for a year and a half now. Yeah, so uh, really it's fun. great that he's yeah. he's back over here. Um, I'm looking forward to catching up with both him and Lates yeah. of the game on Sunday. Um, so yeah, that'll be good. So great character um, of the game. Yeah, he is, mate. He is, yeah. and we're we're still planning to do a an interview with him. Um, just need to work out some some logistics. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he'll be he'll definitely be a live uh, a live chat that we get on uh, sometime during the season. Mm. Um, which brings us to the this Sunday is the great big Kiwi Coast party. Um, Dragon performing. There's some Kiwi food stands, craft and coloring areas for the kids. There's face painting. Uh, Gumboot throwing, having some Kiwi karaoke, balloon artists, uh, player signing sessions. The gates open at 10 a.m. The kickoff for the main game is 2 p.m. Dragon take the stage at 1 p.m. Uh, so, yeah, um, if you've got tickets for the game, get up there early. Uh, make a day of it. Um, it's going to be a great day. I'm going to be there from 10 o'clock. Uh, I'm going to be catching up with um, a lot of the um, fans up there. Going to do yeah. some live crosses from the game uh, that day. Um, so, yeah, so guys like um, Joseph Wadi, um, Jay Harris, uh, get your speaking voice ready. I'll, yep. I'll be coming to you guys for a bit of a chat. You, you're on air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe the buses are close to being sold out. So if you're looking for a seat on the, the supporter buses heading up there for the game, uh, get onto the Warrior Nation uh, Facebook page um, to register your interest. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a good game. I'm, I'm looking forward to the to the whole day. Uh, we just got to work out the the technology, mate, and see how we can bring yeah. you in for the live for the live feed from there. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll 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 sort something out for sure. We definitely will. Yeah, yeah. We um, got some, after that. We got a game against the Knights, McDonald's Jones Stadium. Big game. Yep. This will be a very big game um, up there, round fifteen. And then we have to buy again after that, don't we? And then yeah, uh, we got the buy, and then uh, round then, 16. Yeah, the round sixteen, we got the dragons. Dragons at Central Coast, so yep. those are two very big games that we should really be uh, hopefully cashing in on there. Yeah, tickets still not available for those games yet. Uh, just waiting to hear back from the club in regards to uh, tickets for those games um, and future home games as well uh, at Central Coast. Uh, now that. The Warriors have made that decision to stay. Mm. I think there'll be a, a, a member's email link coming up pretty soon with uh, links to be able to buy tickets for all those home to games. Get so, tickets. Yeah. Fun, just remember, funnily, yeah. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, funnily enough, the, all yeah. of the all of you guys who are planning on going to the Gold Coast for that round twenty-five game, those yep. tickets have already gone on sale. Ah, uh, yes. So, so you don't want to miss out on those. That that obviously always a bit a very big uh, Kiwi contingent on the Gold Coast that turn up to that game. So you won't want to miss that. Could be RTS's last game as well. So no, uh, last club game. Last club game. I should yeah, yeah. clarify. Yes, last club game. Yes. yes. Uh, and just remember that those that do come to the games, um, yeah, mate, come up, say hello to me. Uh, I've got posters, so the, you can always posters, get, grab a yeah. poster from us. Uh, grab grab a quick pick. Some you know. Having, love having pictures taken with the fans. Yeah, uh, We post them up on our Facebook and um, Instagram page. Uh, live chats, mate. Who we got coming up? Mate, so excited. Next next Tuesday night, 15th of June, we've got Smoke and Joe Vanganara, Warriors 1995 original. Yep. Um, really looking forward to having a chat to him about the early days of the club. Uh, Wednesday, 30th of June, Warriors hard man, legendary, state of origin star, Kevin Campion. 
Um, that's, that's Wednesday, 13th of June. He'll be talking a bit about origin there as well. Yeah, mate. Uh, a yeah. bit of an origin theme that night. And speaking yeah, of origin. Yep. That he, we, that he's on after the uh, origin weekend, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be so, good. So you'll talk about Queensland wrapping up the series there. Um, yeah. Okay. And then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of origin and Queensland, this is, this is the big one. Tuesday, 6th of July, NRL, Queensland, Australia, Warriors, Bulldogs legend, Steve Price. Yep. Now, this is going to be an absolutely fantastic chat with yeah, a, I can't true, wait for that a true one, legend of the game who's, who's achieved absolutely. everything there is to achieve in the game. So much yep. respect. And as, as, as Witty said tonight, the most loved Australian in New Zealand at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be a great chat. I'm really excited about that one. Um, and we'll keep keep checking on our Facebook and um, Instagram pages uh, for updates on on those chats and um, and more. There's events uh, set up on the Instagram on the Facebook page, so you can click on the event page and yes. get all the details. We've got a few more chats lined up after those, which we'll announce pretty soon. Um, but in the meantime, if you're looking for us, where can they find us, mate? Mate, you can find us on all the usuals, obviously on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all the podcast platforms out there, Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, and Radio Direct. So if you do miss the live show, don't forget, you can always uh, jump on the next day, watch us again on Facebook, or follow Absolutely. us on any of those any of those um, podcast platforms. And Definitely. yeah, a lot, lot, lot more content coming up on the YouTube channel as well. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh... We AFB, you want AFB on the show? Is that what it is? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm just reading comments as they fly up yeah. the screen. Um, yeah, we'll have AFB. Yeah, mate. Uh, so that's about it for tonight. Yeah. Um, we again, we want to thank Michael Witt for yeah, thanks, uh, Michael. Yeah. coming on and having, having a chat with us. Uh, great chat that was. He was awesome. Um, yeah, love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Warriors old uh, days. For those. For those of you who are going to the game on Sunday, uh, I will see you up there uh, tomorrow night. Um, go the Blues. Go the Maroons. Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, mate. Um, thanks, right, everyone, cool. for joining us. And, um, yeah, we'll we'll see you again next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you all. Cheers. Cheers, bro. See you, buddy.